0: Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's Word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them. And invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message.
1: Planted by what? Conviction. Everybody say planted by conviction. In the first service, get the message. It will help you. But basically, in the first service, we said that... The body of Christ is made up of several sheepfold. Is that not so? We read from John chapter 10, where the scripture said that Jesus said, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Verse 2. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The first verse, the first word to note in that statement is sheepfold. A sheepfold is a collection of a sheep in a particular place, and the next word in verse two. Can you take this out and put the scripture? The verse the next one is shepherd. Verse two: He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So every sheepfold has a shepherd. Are you with me? Every sheepfold has what a shepherd. Then verse three. Look at what he says in verse three: To him the porter opened it, and the sheep. Yes. His voice, and he called his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. So, sheep are meant to be led. That's verse 3 of John chapter 10. Sheep are are meant to be led. Very good. Verse 4, it says, And when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep followeth him, for they know his voice. So, I said, Every shepherd knows his sheep, and the sheep knows their shepherd. Even if you miss the sheep, or maybe you have sheep from four, five sheepfold, once the shepherd of a particular sheepfold shows up and calls out to his sheep, in the mix of the mix, it will come out. Are you with me? It will come out and identify with their shepherd. Because one, the sheepfold knows the voice of their shepherd. They will not follow the voice of a stranger. Because right from infancy, they've been taught to be used to their shepherd. Is that very clear? Now, and I said that in the body of Christ, the body of Christ or the church of God has been divided into sheepfolds. Every local assembly is a sheepfold. Because all believers are regarded as sheep. Jesus is the main shepherd. But in every shipful there are shepherds that are kept to oversee each of the ships. And this shepherd is what we're known as elders or pastors or leaders who are placed over a local assembly. So every church is a shipful. Then in Mark chapter 9, verse 38 to verse 40, something interesting happened. The disciples, one of the disciples of Jesus, told Jesus, we saw a man casting out devil... In your name, and because he was not part of our party, I rebuked him. Then Jesus said, "No, don't do that." He said, "The fact that is not with our fold, but is doing the works in my name, don't forbid him." He said, "None that is against me will be." None that he say, anyone that is not against me will not be. How did he put it? Go to Mark nine. It says, for he that is not against us is on our part. Yes, that's what it says. He that is not against us is on our part. So we belong to the general body of Christ. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. The day you were born again, you were born and you became a member of the body of Christ. Say, I'm a member of the body of Christ. Every born-again believer is a member of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ, first of all, is a body. Secondly, the church also means a collection, a sheepfold. So you see in the Bible, the church in Corinth means the sheepfold in Corinth. Under an oversight or a pastor or a leader. Now, in scripture, you see, God has a system. Everybody say God has a system. It's that something like the way we pray. Many of us think God is as disorganized as us because most of the time our prayers are reflection of our lack of planning lack of organization lack of commitment to process and principle because if we understand the systems of god how it works and we comply with the system there are some prayers we will not need to pray are you hearing what i'm saying because everything about your life has been planned into the system of god If you follow the system of God, everything, you know the Bible says, eyes has not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that what? That God has what? Prepared for them. Please, what's going on out there? All the people outside. Are they doing something? Where's Kyle? If you're not taking care of children, please tell them to come inside. Please. What's going on? Sorry? Please. Let's keep our focus right. Praise the name of the Lord. So, if we understand the system of God, we will understand that everything that has to do with our life has been planned. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for them that love me. Tell the neighbor that God has prepared everything you need in life. You didn't obey me. I said, tell your neighbor. Say, God has prepared everything you need in life. Say, God has prepared everything you need in life. Yes. Now, let me, let, me, let me say this. Have you ever wondered if God has prepared it, why is it that it is not appearing and registering as it should? Is it because God is keeping it away from you? No, 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 no. Can I tell you something? God is keeping nothing away from you. All this prayer, let us uh, let us, you know, crash the gates of heaven. No, the gate of heaven is your own. You don't need to crash it. It's open to you. God is not keeping anything away from you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Say that when me. Say, God is not keeping anything away from me. Away from me. Say it two times again. Say it one more time. Because if Satan convinces you that there is things God is trying to hide away from you, then you will not trust God completely because God will not be as loving and faithful as He says He is because you will doubt Him. Your faith in God will never be sure and strong if something, one theology or one idea or something tells you that God is keeping something away from you. He's not. It's not trying to, God doesn't, it's not keeping your healing away. It's not keeping your provision. No, no, no. He's already prepared them. He's finished them before you were born. But you see, there are systems in the kingdom with principles and process that if you commit to them, all the things that are required will manifest as and when due. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All these all these things we call delays, denial. Delay, denial, one of the reasons for that, there are two reasons for delay. There are delays that are part of God's program. Are you hearing me? There are certain delays, and, and those ones God will let you know. Like, for instance, Anna's delay to have a child was divine. Do you hear what I said? It, was, it wasn't because God endorsed uh, barrenness. No, there was a purpose for that. And, and other than that, any delay that is not redemption compliant is illegal. Are you hearing me? illegal. So you can reject any delay that Jesus has settled. If Jesus has made something available to you, it's already given to you. Are you hearing me? All you need to do is to do what? Receive it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He said, if God did not hold Christ, will he not with him freely give us all things to enjoy? So whatever has been given to you in Christ is your portion. You should receive it in Jesus' name. Now hear me. God has put systems in place for those things to manifest as and when due. If you commit to the principles and the process. Everybody say principles. You have to learn principles from the word of God. Principles come from the hearing of the word, if you are the type that doesn't read your Bible and you don't listen to God's word, you're not going to learn principles. Because if you are going to walk the process, you must know the principle and commit to the process, so that whatever God has scheduled for you will play out in your life. Am I making any sense? So, part of God's system is the local assembly. The the local assembly, or what you call the local church, is God's sheepfold where God supernaturally positions and plans ships, which are believers, so that they can be prepared for what he has planned for them. What he has prepared for them. So, and your connection to every shipfold, I told them in the first service, must be by what? Conviction. Not by what? Convenience. Everybody say by conviction. The word conviction simply means to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you're going to a church, is a religious thing. You won't go very far. You won't go very far. You won't. Trust me, you won't. Going to a church isn't a religious thing. It's part of your process of development in the purposes and plan of God for your life. Where you fellowship is very important. It is not a religious thing. It's a key part of God's development for your walk with Him and your obeying His destiny for your life. So, you don't just go to a church for the sake of God. See, you can go for a program. I, I There's what I call mercy drop. Everybody say mercy drops. You, you can go for a program, you know, a program that is held in another church or somewhere else or an online meeting. You can get breakthrough. Those are mercy drops. They're blessed. Just miracles. One, just a little here and there. But, but, but that's not how God deals with us. God deals with us By faith. And faith involves predictability. Faith is based on certainty. Are you hearing me? Do you understand what I mean? When the Bible says we walk by faith, faith is based on the knowledge of the word. You believe it because his word says so. So it's certain. Am I making any sense? That's why it says faith is certainty. And that's how God deals with the Christian. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk like... I mean, if you remember the story in John chapter 5 of the guy who had paralysis for how many years? 38 years. And according to the Bible, angels will, an angel will come at a particular season and stir the water. Is that not so? And when he stirs it, the first to enter. Guess what? Gets what? Now, can you imagine the number of people that is in that pool of Bethesda? Now... How many, who, (laughs) I don't know how to do that. If just, let's assume that they have like 200 and the water is stirred up for healing. That means out of 200, the first person to enter the water gets healed. Is that not? So let me ask you a question. What will happen to the 199? Huh? They will wait, have (laughs) So the question I want to ask you, why they are waiting, does that mean nothing can happen between the time they are waiting and the next visitation of the angels that will come? Huh? That's where faith comes in because god built you and i to live by faith and faith is based on the knowledge of god's word once you know what his word says is yours then you can believe him to receive it but for you to be able to believe you need to know what his word says so we were designed to live by faith and faith is the power base of the system of god Once you know what he says and you commit to it, God is committed to manifest it. Because the Bible said, there shall be a performance of that which we believe. Is that not true? If God said it, he'll commit to it. And once you believe it, God is under obligation to do what his word says he will do. So a local assembly is a very important place, which is your church. You are to be planted. Go to Psalm 92. What did we say there? We are to be planted there by conviction, not by convenience. Psalm 92. Amen. Amen. Verse 13. It says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? Shall flourish. In the courts of our God, I'm going to focus on two words there, planted and flourish. You will notice it's only those who are planted that what? Flourish. I'm not talking about men. You, you, God is a good God. He's a magnanimous God. You, you can go for a program and just pick a healing somewhere. Do you understand that? You can go for one program and you are there. Nothing may happen to you. The fact that nothing happens to you doesn't mean God doesn't care about you. No, He still cares about you. But you can go to a certain place where the manifestation of the Spirit is happening and, and you can connect with it, receive a touch from God. That's what I call fringe benefit. You are not to live your Christian life from going from one program to another, one program to another, one program to another. No, no. That's vitamin. The main cause is to know where He planted you, where He placed you, Commit to it so you can start to flourish. Are you hearing me? When you flourish, you will not need all those. It will be built into the system. There is a system that guarantees your flourishing. A system. Everybody say a system. See, a system works whether anybody likes you or not. A system works irrespective of who is the president of Nigeria. Are you hearing me? A system, especially God's system, that's what we're talking about, God's system works irrespective of who is your governor. Do you understand that? God's system works because it is based on God and not man. Am I talking to someone here? If you are hearing me, say amen. Amen. So there is a system that God has put in place to guarantee the flourishing of every born-again believer. If you see the wisdom of us pray for breakthrough, it's as if God is wicked. So you're not seeing the way I'm suffering. You're not seeing the world I'm going through. I don't have a job. And I'm just walking in this town as if I don't know my left or my right. Everything is upside down. Everything. And and, and go like, hey. There is a system to flourishing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of me say there is a system. The system is this. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? Shall flourish. Flourish is not, listen to this, it's not occasional little breakthrough here and there. Flourish is a system of sustainable abundance and provision and favors. Are you listening to me? It is something that is sustainable. It is not one in a green moon that happens once in a year. It is a sustained dealings of God in the life of the believer who is planted. But first of all, I said in the first service that you must have a conviction to be located in an assembly. And a conviction is a leading you get from the Spirit. Because when you are led by conviction, nobody can play you out of a church. Do you understand that? When things happen in the church, maybe there's an issue or a crisis, and you just get angry and leave, you were not there. What the crisis did was just reveal your true nature, that you were not there by conviction in the first place. You were there by convenience. And let me list to you some of the the elements of being led by convenience. I told them in the first service. What is the first one? Location. Where you're going to church is determined by distance. There are many people who go to a church because it's close to them. The moment the church parks, they change church. Or if they park, they change church. That means you're going there with a convenience of distance and location. I gave some examples. Uh, in Winners Chapel, the headquarters church is in Ogun State. Not Lagos. But people from Equa, Equa is Victoria Island, which is far, far Lagos Island. And Equa is after Lekki. They travel every Sunday and Wednesday and they make church on time. They don't care about where because that's where God has planted them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes, if you are not planted, you can't make the sacrifice because you'll be too, con- your convenience stock taken will be too much that i don't go feed. i don't go fear for them. but you see the thing is that when you are planted god is your source and god is your supply and god is your sustenance are you hearing what i'm saying another factor of convenience i mentioned are what we said this convenience are personal preference is that not true your personal preferences like location likes so people go to church because they like it that the way they pray they like, the, the, you know, like some things about the praise and worship. Say the thing, when did they sing for that church? Get away, my body, go to do me. That one won't last. Do you hear what I said? It will not. The, the head of the worship team can leave the church and go somewhere else. So that means your, your, your like or your preference has gone with him. That's when you build attachment to stuff instead of Jesus. Are you hearing me? Uh-huh. That's, that, that, that won't work. That won't last. Another convenience factor is security concern. And I said this, that many people are more security concerned. And the reason for security problem is lack of faith in God's ability to protect you. If security is an issue to determine when you go to a church, it means you have more faith in the enemy's ability to harm you than in God's ability to protect you. That's what it simply means. You're afraid because God can keep you. You're afraid because God cannot protect you. You're afraid because God cannot watch over you. That's why you're afraid Another factor for uh, convenience is family interest. See, now the church, my papa, they go with this. My papa go here, my grandfather go here, my great-grandfather go here, my great 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 grandfather Now here we go there, now here we go die. That's personal preference, That's not conviction. All right? Then also, popularity. Some people go to church because it's popular. Trendy. Everybody's talking about it. So they want to be associated with what people are talking about. It is not led by this. If God led you, there is different. But many of them, what is leading them is popularity. They want to be among what is trending. So now our now 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 church, they happen. they happen. You won't last. Too. You won't last. Then there are others that are looking for ambience. It, 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 it has to have an AC. You know, in this generation, we're not too patient. You know, we like, we like coziness, ready-made mentality. We want everything to be ready-made. Everything fine. You finish school last year, you want to have a job next year, you want to be married, you have to you want to build three-bedroom, want to have a car. You must be a thief. But it doesn't work like that. I served my youth service in this town 1998. That's how many years ago. I saw a copper in the supermarket when I went to my kids to buy something. I said, Combacho. She looked at me and said, Good afternoon, sir. I said, You're serving here. I said yes. I said I served there. He said, where? I said, "1998." He said, "Ah, I'm sure it was when she was born. The way she screamed." I was in this town for two years. I didn't have a job. I was squatting in a place. Was it because God wasn't with me? No, it wasn't. He was processing me. He was processing me. Some of you, you can't, you can't tolerate any toughness because you're not a man of conviction. You're a man of convenience. A girl or a woman of you're looking for the easy way out. Everything must be soft, ready made. If it's not, ready, ah, I don't, have to, I, don't, I don't I don't like to suffer. I don't, I don't like. I don't like suffer. See, see me. See me. I look like who resembles suffer? Who resembles suffer? Ask me. Who resembles suffer? Do you think we are stupid or what? Hallelujah. Are we together? We have a generation of convenience seekers. That's why they're not committed. They're looking for everything to be right. Everything must be in place. It doesn't work like that. So. Hello? Now look at the word planted. Everybody say planted. planted. What does it mean to be planted? What does it mean? What does it mean to be planted? First of all, I'm going to make a statement and I want you to get this very well. Write this down, what I want to write. I need to write it. Go home, meditate on it. Write what I'm about to read. You're ordained. I use the word ordained. Ordained means what has been scheduled by God. You're ordained. Ordained means what has been scheduled by God. What has been planned and put in place by God. That's the word ordained. You're ordained and sustained. The word sustained means... Something that is consistent over a long period of time. So you're ordained and sustained allocation. Every believer has an allocation. Your ordained and sustained allocation of God's goodness and lifting for your life. I'll repeat this statement again. Your ordained and sustained allocation. Allocation means your part, your portion. Everybody say my portion. You have your portion. Me, I have my portion. I don't need to be jealous of you. Your jealousy is immaterial. Why will I be jealous of you? Who are you? You are not God. Being jealous or envious of anybody is a waste of time. It's only ignorant people that are jealous of people. Are you hearing me? That's why Bible say rejoice with them that rejoice. Because whatever is going in their life has nothing to do with you. God is the one who is in charge. He's the one your focus should be on. Are you hearing me? So all this bad belay you are getting for people is rubbish. You corrupt yourself. So stop it. Okay? Now, your ordained and sustained allocation of God's goodness and lifted. God is good to all but God is also good to you. The goodness of God has a personal application to every Christian. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. So that's personal. All right? Are you paying that? Some of you are not writing. Okay. Your ordained and sustained allocation of God's goodness and lifting for your life is in the place of your conviction and not your convenience. That's why if you run to a church because of ambience, family interests, it may look like everything is working for a while, but after a while, a season of famine will come. You know why? Because you are not where you're supposed to be. You may hide under the shade of it's a popular church, where the happening people, but you are sweating inside. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. In your spirit, there will be a disconnect, There will be no joy or peace there because you're not listening to the direction of the shepherd over your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The first thing you will know about conviction is joy and peace. Everything may not have settled, but there is this joy and peace that you have when you show up. That's a sign that you are in the place of conviction. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, trust me. Everything about God rides on joy and peace. Everything else can be built on that. If there is no foundation for joy and peace, it doesn't matter what you get, it won't last. Did you understand that? So, one of the first things, conviction, proof of conviction, is joy and peace. Hallelujah! Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I I learned this principle, and I'm going to show you in the Word of God. I learned this principle years ago. Before this church started, some of you have heard of a man of God, the House on the Rock pastor. I met him on several occasions. Before I came to start refuge, okay, I think we started refuge as well, just like 10, not even up to 10 or so. Somebody told him about me in Lagos. Who knows me? Who had been in one of the meetings I've heard somewhere else? He said, that guy in Plotacot, go and get him. They wanted to open a branch somewhere. So he told the guy, he said, tell him to come and see me. I'm traveling out of the country. When I come back, tell him to come and meet me in my office. Let us talk. So he called me on the phone. He said, so, so and so would like to have a chat with me. He's interested in me. So what, what he's telling me if if I'm going to walk with him, I will close down what I am. Do it. And if you know who he is, there are a lot of people who are looking for his attention. Me, he came asking for me. So I went to God and I prayed. I had a very clear vision, it was very clear. There's no mistake. And I, I prefer to be in the place of conviction than to be in the place of. Con- Sometimes your convenience can look to be more promising, but over time, it's not sustainable. You may be shining initially, you know, you know, it's, it's called shining by proxy. Because you are close to people that are shining, you'll be shining. But very soon, one thing that will hit you, you will remember. God says, I don't put you for hell. I'm not saying you call hell. Now you say saying yourself, come home. Say you won't look like, you won't wear fine coat and fine shoe. Wait, You will wait and be sweaty. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? In the vision, we're standing. He was going one direction, and I was going another direction. That one was clear from God. So I told him, I said, tell him I'm sorry. I can't do that. We've seen after that. No problem. No fight. No quarry. It was so enticing. It was so. This church will not be here today. Will not even be here. All the things that have happened in my life will not have happened if I just wanted to follow convenience. Are, are you understanding me? I would mean, have just gone there. It was easy. And where I wanted to go was not even Nigeria. It was outside Nigeria. I think it was South Africa so One place. It was very easy. I would just follow and go. But, but is it where God asked me to be? It's not about the place. It's not about the ambience. And trust me, if I had gone there, I wouldn't have met mommy. That means there will be no Jedidiah. There will be no Rella. There will be no Abigail. There will be no Ethan. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met all of you. I would not have some of you that are giving me all the problems that I've been facing. I wouldn't have faced you those of you that have made part of my life very sweet and enjoyable, I would not have met all of you. Because I've been somewhere with one Zequanti uh, uh, or something. You know you know those African, South African names? Yes. I'll be crying there. Riding big moot but crying. You're ordained. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. You're ordained. What did I say? your ordained and a allocation of God's goodness and lifting for your life is in the place of your conviction. That's why people who are convinced, they can go to any program, but they will still go back to their church because they know where God placed them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You may have to tell me, oh, so I'm going back. Are ah, you going? Yes, that's where God said I should be. No fight, no struggle. You don't see when you have conviction you don't need anybody to encourage, it's people that don't have conviction that needs people to encourage them, that means you don't even know what you're doing conviction means this is where God wants me to be and have a peace about it, I may not have heard a voice, but when I came into the place there's this peace, there's this joy there's this rest in my heart that I know that I know this is where I should serve God because that's where your allocation is, are you hearing me? Go anywhere else. You are your own. They say, "Oh, you're, you are what?" On your own. That's why some people in big places are having big problems because they don't want to listen to God. They are only listening to their convenience. Are you listening to me? Go to Numbers chapter ten. Numbers chapter ten. Let me show you that it's in the Bible. Numbers chapter ten, verse twenty-nine and verse thirty-two. If you know our story in this church very well you will know that we've not have, we would not have come this far if God did not send us we will not have come this far we will not be doing what we are doing today if God did not send us if he didn't call us we will not be here so my commitment to what we are doing is not because of anybody but it is because this is what God will have us do say amen Numbers chapter 10 verse 29 to verse 32 are you there very good. I want everybody to pay attention to what we're about to read. Everybody, please pay attention. And Moses said to Hobab, the son of Reguel, the Midianite, who is he? Moses' father in law. So there was some connection in terms of family line. All right. What did he say to him? We are journeying into the place. Everybody said, the, the place. I didn't hear you. The place. We are journeying to where the to the place. Of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. So there, there is a place. That place is your ordained and sustained allocation of God's goodness and lifting for your life. Are you hearing me? Stop squatting. What did I say? Stop squatting. I will give it to you. Come He was telling his father-in-law, Come with us, and we will do thee good. For the Lord had spoken good concerning Israel. Go to the next verse. And he said to him, I will not go. No problem, it's your choice. I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my kindred. (laughs) Go to the next verse. And he said, Leave us not, O, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest, as much as thou knowest, how we are to encamp in the wilderness, that thou mayest be to us instead of our eyes. In other words, God has a plan for you here. God has raised you to be our eyes in the midst of the wilderness. This is your God-ordained place. And I'm only telling you, this is where God has placed you. What did he say? Go to the next verse. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be, that what goodness... The Lord shall do unto us the same we will do unto thee. Did you see that? So, your ordained and sustained what? Your ordained and sustained allocation of God's goodness and lifting for your life is where? In the place of your. Conviction. Am I making any sense? Yes, it is clearly stated in this. Part. Now, I told you I'm going to focus. Go back to that place, Psalm 92, verse 13. I told you I'm focused on the word uh, planted and flourish. Once I hit that, I'm done for this meeting. Now, what is the connection between planted and conviction? Let me tie it to you. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Where is your, your conviction... Is the place of your God ordained and sustained a location of God's goodness and lifting for your life. It's in your place of what? It's in your place of I'm not hearing everybody. It's It's in your place of what? It's in your place of what? It's in your place of what? Where is your God ordained and sustained allocation of his goodness and lifting for your life, the place of your conviction. Now, hold on. The fact that it is allocated and is there, it does not operate automatically. Did you hear what I said? Write this down. Write this down. Write this down. To benefit from the provision of your conviction, write this down, to benefit from the provision of your conviction, you must be planted by serving in the place of your conviction. To benefit, to benefit from the provision of your conviction, you must be what? Planted by serving in the place of your conviction. you There is a system that God has put in place for the believer to flourish. There's a system. And that system is to be what? Planted. And to be planted means to serve in the place of your conviction, It is not your being a member of the place of your conviction. It is not just being a part of it. It is being planted by service. Now, when I use the word "serve," can I explain it to you before you start running away with your own idea? Because anything God expects from you has been clearly stated in the scripture. Are you hearing me? But first of all, let's say this. Say, I am planted by service. I am planted by service. Planted by service. Planted by service. I'm not hearing everybody say that. How are you planted in the house of the Lord? By service. What is service or to serve? What did we say it is? It is what? Commitment. Come on. Time, energy, and. To what? scripturally prescribed activities that are done in honor or worship of god and we said you do not serve on your term you don't go to a company and tell the manager uh, i know you're employing me but from tomorrow i'll be the manager you'll be the gate man that's insane they will sack you on the spot you don't go to a company and tell the company i'm now, what I won't do now, now give me. Nobody does that. The company will tell you where you are supposed to serve. Is that clear? This, listen to me, everybody. Pay attention to this. This idea of thinking you can come to the house of God and do as you like is foreign to the culture of the kingdom. You need to know exactly what God expects from you and you are committed to doing what he says, then the system of flourishing will begin to work in your life. There's some kind of unnecessary prayer and all night you are doing for the wrong reason. You will not be channeling it to souls so that more souls can be won for God. Many prayer meeting today and many all night are done to for needs, just need. When God has put a system in place to ensure and guarantee that you flourish, and that flourishing simply means you are walking in God's ordained. And sustained allocation of His goodness and lifting for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. I'm a living testimony of that. I know that. Serving God and serving in what He has called me to do has given me 90% of the 90, 95% of things I've had in my life. I've only asked for like 5%. But majority of the things I see operational in my life today came as a result of serving in the place of conviction. Even when it didn't look sensible. Even when it looked like you were stupid, but you stayed faithful. It is that kind of sustenance that God blesses. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Okay? So, To benefit from your conviction, you must be planted by service. And service is the commitment of time, energy, and resources uh, towards scripturally prescribed activity that are done to honor God. Now, hear me. The local assembly, your church, your sheepfold is the God-appointed place that provides the opportunity for the believer to serve God the lord are you hearing me that's what the church is for remember slot he said not slothful in business fervent in spirit what do you do serving the lord all right so when you're serving the lord serving the lord begins with serving in his house that's this i showed you chronicle where god says go to the sanctuary and serve the lord is that also second chronicle chapter 30 okay now, hear this. This is very powerful. The local assembly is God's appointed ship food or place that provides the opportunity in serving the Lord in different capacities. Say amen. 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 Now, I'm going to list them, then I'll begin to teach them from maybe next Sunday. Um, there are following, the, the following areas as are scriptural activities that are prescribed that you and i are to serve in the local assembly i'm going to list five of them and i'm going to talk about them extensively but i I want to take time to teach this because i don't want to rush it write the first one the first one the following opportunities for serving the lord are provided in the local assembly the following opportunities are provided in the local assembly once you locate your place of conviction This is the first opportunity that is made available to you for service. Number one, opportunity to serve the purposes of God. The reason you are in that local assembly is that you are there to do what? To serve the purposes of God. That's the first opportunity of service that is given to you in the local church. Once you you identify a place of conviction, you are there not principally for your interest you are there to serve the purposes of God in that assembly. What is it? We're going to look at it later. Number two, the second opportunity provided for you in the local assembly is the opportunity to serve through giving. Everybody say giving. What do we mean? Everybody say giving. What do we mean by giving? It may not be what you think. But giving is one of the ways we serve God in the house. The Bible calls God the God who is the the one who ministers seed to what? The sower. So every seed God wants you to give him in service, he has given it to you. What areas of giving are we supposed to engage? You will see that in scripture. So the second opportunity that is provided for service in the house of God is opportunity to serve by giving. Everybody say giving. Look at the neighbor and say, Give in. That's why if you are stingy, you can't stay in the house of God. And I've always told you that giving does not be, begin with what you have in your account, it begins with your heart. Yeah, it starts from your heart. That's why generosity it's a heart thing, it's a pocket thing. If you are not generous, you may have two billion in the account, you won't give a dime. A pastor that used to be a friend of mine told me that uh, there's this guy who is very wealthy. But he was in the church, and they needed to buy a keyboard. He didn't buy a keyboard. He didn't talk. So there was a blessing he was expecting, and I think the pastor prayed for him, and the breakthrough came. He didn't tell the pastor. He didn't tell anything. And they were saying, keyboard, how much is the keyboard? One one minute, mega change. So he was not telling somebody very close, so you see this pen. Say, I just came back from Abuja after one contract I got. I stayed in Hilton Hotel for one week. Say, I chopped life. Say, ah, but you take choose when they say they won't buy keyboard, say, I believe that thing. That someone, he may have 10 billion. When they give up for it, it will be two naira because their heart doesn't understand generosity. So it's not really money. Number three. opportunity to serve one another I'm sharing this so that it can define your expectation when you enter church you're first, you're in church to serve the purposes of God, you're you're in church to serve through giving and you are also in church to serve one another and there are two levels to that, to serve one another as brethren we're dealing with that in Bible study now and to serve under the leadership that you've been placed number four when you are in the local assembly, you are there to serve the Lord in fasting and prayer. In what? And prayer. What did I say? And Everybody say it loud. And if you are in a local assembly and you are not part of the prayer meeting, you are not there. You are not applying yourself. Because today, prayer meeting is one of the least attended meetings. Your service is not completed until you are part of the prayer. Bible said in the early church, they continue in one accord, in prayers. And that's what is called the hour of prayer. I will show you in the Bible. Fasting and praying. This was the practice of the early church. The practice of the disciples. But we have a generation that is... Full of gluttony. We don't want to fast. We don't want to pray. What you mention fasting is as if something would chase everybody away. You just see only a fragment or a tithe of the people in church. That's what happens. Not serious people. Convenience. We're selecting which service is convenient for me. I was telling my wife something this morning. I said, You will not be late. You will not stop being late until the day you sit down and you ask yourself this question why am I always late if you don't answer that question to yourself you will never stop being late you will adopt it as a culture and I've told you this lateness is not a kingdom culture this serving God with uh, convenience I don't want to stress I don't want to wake up early then you don't know what you are born again into better get born again or born again and go back to the world Because the way we follow God is a buy-off from the system of God. It's just an extension of lovers of self and pleasure. If you don't want to be late, when you go to bed, you already know when you will wake up. You already know when you will take your bath. You already know when you're going to be. You set a target of when you're going to be in church.
0: When there is no plan,
1: uh, lateness will take the day. Fasting and prayer. It's one of the lost acts in the life of many Christians today. We don't fast and pray. But that's one of the ways we serve God in the house. We serve Him through fasting and prayer. If we commit to this, listen, all the four things I have mentioned to you, they are part of the system of God's flourishing. Are you hearing me? The, you want to flourish? These are systems Of God's flourishing. You connect with them, flourishing is guaranteed. You didn't hear what I said? You don't have to. He didn't say those that are planted and will now pray. No. He said they that are planted shall what? Flourish. It's a statement of fact. They don't have to pray. It will just, it's auto kick, auto drive. It will enter. If you do what you are supposed to do, the system will do what it's supposed to do. But when you show up in the house of God, of course, you're coming because of convenience. You're not doing anything. You know, sometimes you get a small drop, then there will be one long strike or break that will take place, like a strike. Just long, everything will just dry, dry for some time. Then when you want one day, one thing will happen, you just get serious a little bit, something will happen. Because when you plug into the system, the system will work for you. When you plug that, it stops. Not because God has stopped, because you stop plugging into what God has made to work for you. It's a system, it's a system ordained, a system of sustainable allocation of God's goodness and lifting for you. It's there. There is no way you will plug to the system. And the favor of God will not speak for you, it will speak, it's there, it's part of the system. You won't need to press, you don't even need to know the pastor, you don't need to know anybody, you don't need anybody to know you. Once you plug to the system, the system will work its own. And if you sit close to people who have, when I call. Sustainable testimony. Everybody say sustainable testimony. Sustainable testimony. I, I, I'm not talking about one breakthrough that they, you heard. Yeah? You heard it. They gave it 10 years ago you go in church. And since that 10 years ago, you've not heard any other story again. Everything just seems to be on vacation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking that if you watch their life, you will see the hand of God written all over it from taking care of their children, from their house, their things that are working out protection, provision, everything works out well. Why? Because they've plugged to the system. You will flourish. Satan can't stop it. God has ordained it. Are you hearing me? And number five, the fifth aspect of opportunity of flourishing that is available is that opportunity to serve the great commission go ye forth and preach the gospel all these five areas of opportunities are opportunities to serve in the local assembly and not only are there opportunities for you to serve there are also opportunities for you to flourish in the house of god rise up on your feet hallelujah glory be to god amen and amen Open your mind and begin to talk to God. He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and just thank Remember, when you focus on Jesus, His reality is out in your life. He's my peace. He's my joy. It's not people. If you focus on people, you get their attention. But if you focus on Christ, you get his peace, you get his rest, you get his joy, you get his, his provision, his goodness, the flow in your life. That's why the Bible says, look unto Jesus. He's the only one worth looking up.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.